We have a surprise today. <laughs> Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca. And we're sitting here in the snow. And the only surprise is that we're here. Here we are. That we're recording ourselves. I don't, Rach, do you even remember? No, it doesn't matter. When, how, it's actually or? sort of, I told Becca this morning that I feel like we're like halfway down a ski slope that I am unqualified yeah. as a skier uh-huh. to be uh-huh. on. For sure. So you're waffling between exhilaration and fear of death. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hard to say which yeah. one you should settle into. I think into. I'm in a moment of free fall at this point. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Christmas is one week from tomorrow. I don't have enough gifts. I no. still have a lot of things. That, I'm not joking not right now. T- yeah. Tell me. No. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk like that, Becca. <laughs> it is. It's not. Yeah. It One is. week from two days. It's a, <gasps> it's a Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, guys. Guys. <laughs> guys, we have all the time okay. in the world. You know what? Yeah, I can't tell you what a win that is for me. <laughs> Every moment counts. So I had a thing that I thought of today that was tickling me. You know how like every time an era has its unique troubles, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that, you know, pastors in this era are up against some kinds of problems. Yeah, <laughs> but can you imagine being spiritually responsible at a time when people were fighting duels over stupid things? Well, that's true. Like if you had, if you had young yeah. guys in your congregation that would, uh-huh, uh-huh. that would challenge each other, each other to a jewel because of a, a, a look yeah. or a slight to their if honor. Aaron Burr was one of your congregants. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> before that even, I just met the funniness. I, I'm listening. The reason I thought of this is I'm listening to a book. I don't even really know. I, I it's an audio book and I don't. I was re- it was recommended to me, but I don't even know what it is. Like, I just started it. Okay. It's a gentleman in Moscow, and he has this moment where he's sort of reflecting on duels, and he's mm-hmm. saying, um, Moscow, Russia. Yeah, I got to that. To be clear. He's... We don't uh, have any gentlemen in this No, Moscow. none. And, but he's reflecting on duels and how traditionally the more serious the offense, the the seconds would determine a much closer yeah. standing, like someone needs to die mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. But that as it got more and more trivial, when people started challenging people for to duels for like uh, looking at them too long, or <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying yeah. that that at that time they should have to go board trains and ferries to different places, and when they arrive there, they can turn and fire a shot. <laughs> But the point is, it was making me think about, wouldn't that have been funny to be having to, like, counsel people in an age where your personal honor was sort of an idol? Yeah. Yeah, Where, right. like, you've offended against yeah. my personal... I, and they wouldn't be I able to cope with... I just have to tell you, because with... I can't do this the whole time. You have something in your oh, teeth. Great. <laughs> I needed to know I was that. like, our listeners can't see it, but you I can, can, and it's going to mess me that? up the whole time. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I got that. So, everyone, all clear. All clear. Anyways, this is all part of my very random reflections. Because okay, I am curious where we're heading with it's this. It's not connected to the dueling, really, at all, <laughs> except for except for that that was another thought I was having this morning, was dad's <laughs> sermons about giving gifts. And I was thinking no, about how okay. everywhere, I bet, I'm telling you it's not connected. 
I was changing the subject. Speaking of pastors, I used what about pastors that have dueling congregants? Segue. I stopped talking about what you have in your teeth. Thanks. That was a nice bridge. Okay. You think we haven't done this in so long? We're out of Mm -hmm. practice at talking to each other. Yeah. Um, No, I was going to say, Dad has been preaching on Christmas and on gift giving, and it's been great and I've really good. But it was just someone mentioned to Luke afterwards that where they had come from, that it was like seen as a, like it was, they didn't like Christmas really, like the Christians were not into Christmas. Okay. That Christmas was sort of a time to make sure you weren't spending any money Mm -hmm. unnecessarily to sort of scrap and save and be like, Lord doesn't that honor you that we haven't yeah. been spending our money yeah. on anything? Yeah. And, you know, just sort of like, and there is a real contingency of that kind of thought uh-huh. in Christians. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, it was just striking me how, like, traditionally, any follower of any god, like, you think someone who followed the goddess Diana would be into archery. Okay. Or, you know what I mean? Like, or like the gods of certain kinds of lifestyles. Sure. Almost. Bacchus or. Yeah. But like that, that sort of traditionally and humanly speaking, worshipers of specific gods tend to emulate them or idolatrous. Yeah. You know, like even people who worship money tend to be as cold hearted as money is, you know, like they, they tend to be like what they worship. Yeah. But. Why do Christians think that God is the great nip cheese? <laughs> it's like we look around this world and we think he's stingy. And he's holding back. And and what he's really done is not bless us with his to, riches. He likes to hold on to things but not give them to us. Yeah, never freely. Never, <laughs> never like beautiful scenery for no reason at all. Right. And at no cost to us. <laughs> yep. I just think it is really funny that we have like we yeah. make up weird stuff to do that in mm-hmm. no way like I don't know it's just making me think that as crazy as it is trying to get ready for Christmas how much we should be wanting to imitate and clearly signal to other people what kind of a god we worship Yep, and that the god that we worship is actually not a stinge. Like, yep. maybe he is the most high God. <laughs> maybe he's the one who gave us everything. Right. And mm-hmm. so much of it excessive. So true. Like, just... Over the top. In I, beauty and in just... And also hilarity. Like, yeah. in, in beauty and, like, we don't have the capacity to even enjoy no. what he gives us all no. the time. No. I don't know. I've just been thinking about that because I do feel a little hectic on the Christmas warm-up here. I feel real behind. I was supposed to be doing a Christmas party two weeks ago. Was that when that was? For NSA and board and faculty and staff and all their families and everything. And I had to cancel the day before because I got sick. And the time to cook everyone food is not when you're feeling queasy in the 
no. in the world. Like what I would love to not do Hold is off on that. be yeah. bountiful in the spreading of the flus to everyone at Christmas. Oh no, yeah. So we canceled, but we rescheduled. So that's this week. So now I'm doing that. I'm doing Sabbath this week. And then we have Christmas. That's why I'm so happy to know it's not on Tuesday, but it's actually on Wednesday. Yeah, you are having kind of a special. I'm doing a triple deck back to back kind of a scene. And it's finals week this week, which means my week is all sorts of strange scheduling, giving oral finals and written finals and all kinds of nonsensical things. And then we're nearing the end of Amazon Prime delivery time. Yeah, and you don't want to miss that no, bus. You no. just don't. I, I like it's time to act if there's things you need on Amazon, do yep, it today. Do it already. Because yeah. it's <laughs> it's getting tight in Maybe the world. if you're better than me at this. I typically I really like to think ahead on Christmas, but this year we've just been what have it's, we been you've doing? You've been moving into a house. We've stuff. been not settling down Rachel, into getting ahead. I didn't tell you this. I'll tell you this with everyone else here because this is a weirdo thing that I did yesterday. Okay. Was it yesterday? No, it was on Saturday. Okay, so I um <clears throat> I have been driving past this antique store frequently that has this door that has been sitting outside for a long time. And yeah. it looks like a really pretty old wood door. And I'd kind of like to replace the back door in our house from the kitchen. It's got this ridiculous window that, like, a breeze comes through it. Like, we need to replace the glass, but if we're going to go to that mess, I think I'd rather just replace the door. And this is a really pretty wood door, but the odds of it fitting are slim, you know. So I call them and... Asked if they knew the dimensions. Yeah, like, do you know the dimensions of the door? And then she got back to me the next day, and it was exactly the same size. So I was like, well, that seems like a sign. So I went down, and then as I approached it, I discovered, oh, yeah, this is a rugged door. Like, this is really not in good shape. (laughs) It's sort of got some bits missing from a distance like from the road it was really pretty but then when you get up close I was like this would let in more air than I'm currently letting it taking through the door so I was like wait on me and then I see outside there these two humongous pillars like real tall you've seen them Mm -hmm. big real tall and we have pillars all the way around our front porch but anyway these are like the same pillars but way taller and I was like, well, that's funny. And then I see that they say free on them. And oh, I was that's like. that's new because they we did have a different price on them. Yeah, they said free. And I, so I go in and I ask the lady, like, do you really mean free on those pillars? And she was like, I don't know what you mean. So she comes out and she's like, whoa, I've never seen those before. This is the lady who works in there. She's like, I've never seen those before. They weren't here a minute ago. And she yes, was like, I were, don't know because I've who looked at put those. them there. Yeah. She's like, but it says free. I don't know who's selling them, but I see free. So if you want to take them. And I was like, really? So I'm wow. loading up like 10 foot pillars into my car on Main Street. Wondering, wondering if they're free. Yeah, wondering yeah. if I'm about to get busted for <laughs> grand larceny with <laughs> the thieving of pillars. And so I don't know. What am I gonna do with those? I saw them before because uh, <laughs> they've been there for a while, and they I was, were I they were I'd like a hundred bucks. They were like were they? yeah, they were because I remember 
thinking about them as regards because we had to decide what we're going to do with our fireplace and so I actually did take a minute like I wonder if I should Mm -hmm. think about that Mm -hmm. and then I did I felt like it was not the thing that was needed for me. I have them now in my garage. In your garage? Why not inside? (laughs) I just I don't need a pillar in my house right this instant but Mm. but so that was my new acquisition, and I didn't get a door, but I did get two pillars. <laughs> so it sounds like you're on so it. So I'm really doing well, everyone, on that. Um, yeah, yeah. Another big news flash is I almost have some working outlets in my kitchen. That is a big news flash. <laughs> Not quite. We can't go you know running what? away you with ourselves know a, just yet. You want to know a problem at soon. my house? Yeah. A problem what? that we... Ab- <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just mentally raced ahead on what I was saying <laughs> and cracked myself up. Okay. I We own dustpans. A lot of them. Okay. But they are never to be found because okay. my kids also sweep for me and okay. so I think that they typically put a broom away somewhere else okay. like I don't know what's going on we have not we have not yet hammered out this kind of detail okay. right like so okay. and because we've only been in our house not very long what happens is people remember having seen it in one sure. place one time so yeah. it, they just put it yeah in weird spots or they take it wherever well can I ever lay a hand on a dustpan when you really need mm-hmm. one? It's the reason I cracked myself up as I was thinking I need to get one of those um, superintendent style that retractable. <laughs> for get the up curly, in the morning and the click on my thing. click on my <laughs> dustpan <laughs> because how much of my day I spend being like, but do you know where there's a dustpan? That's and, amazing. And we own, own uh-huh. we own them. Enough. We have invested yeah. in dustpans. Don't you clip them back onto the broom? Uh, well, that that was one of our failings, is that when I needed to replace one, like one broke or something happened, and they didn't sell the kind of click on. Oh, there you go. They had like a rounded top, or, or sure. one of them comes with its own small broom, and oh. then just gone That's, into yeah. the night, or those That's, sorts of yeah. things. But yeah. then when you're cleaning, you end up with like... Well, I'm going to take Dust a, pants coming a out detour from everywhere. here. Now that we're on the really important subject of brooms, everyone who lives in England who's listening to this, I never could figure out your brooms. <laughs> I just can't, I can't figure it out. And I would buy the broom and I'd be like, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I have this. I have this problem, even with like, because you get used to a broom. No, like, it's, it's no. Like, it's not just. It's it's. There is a a whole muscle sequence that we use when we sweep that with an English broom doesn't work. It's like <laughs> theirs are like push brooms, not sweep brooms. So it doesn't like it's, bend. Well, but it's like a. 
It's like a thing like this with the short bristles. No, that's yeah. rough. Yeah, and so I would they try. They don't have a long bristle. No, so I would try to sweep <laughs> the normal way. Oh, it probably always feels like you're stubbing yourself on the floor. So then I was like, that's it. The next year I was, I packed my own broom head mm. to go to England with. Because I was like, <laughs> I realized that the that the handle is In not going to fit. Gourds. Yeah, with the gourds. Yeah, and my mason jars. It's like the the handle clearly won't fit in my suitcase, but the head will. There we go. Yeah, no, you can't take an American broom head and put an English handle on it. So then you just so had to crawl I just around had, with it. <laughs> and so I had to just reckon with these things. And you would think that three years I could have developed a new technique, but it was it was a real That's struggle. Pretty brittle. It was a struggle every time. But you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like I imagine cowboys feel with the horse they trust that's just part of their yeah it's part of their own extension of their own abilities and i feel like when you have a broom that you know yeah you know how to do it but then when you get one that's like awkwardly heavy or stiffer and Uh or too big you know if the head is really too big yeah then it becomes clumsy you can't get it to get dust out of a corner you're like funk funk and it's just terrible Yeah, well, that's time. the that's the real trouble with an English broom is I think it leaves a big swath in the corner because I don't know how I'm sure that there's ways there's probably a whole system but I never really could get there. I have a friend who would be like, "Don't use a dustpan. I just use a dustbuster," and I'd be like, "Have you seen the kinds of things I'm <laughs> sweeping up? Like a dustbuster." Wouldn't would it. just no. be put out of no. business in the first week I tried Actually, it. every dust buster I've ever owned has been put out of business in the first week. <laughs> I tell you, we got a Roomba whenever we did get a Roomba. I just, I really feel sympathy for it because I see it go by and I'm just like, oh, the poor little duffer doesn't stand a chance in no. this house. And I think the first day that it went by me, it, it went by... With a, like, five-foot trail of brown paper. <laughs> <laughs> and it was... Oh, my I think, goodness. Uh, I was just like, yeah, see, I don't know how this is going to mm. go. But it's yeah. still working. So, okay. I think that we should talk about... Oh, man. What? Like, you just reminded me that there is a genre of questions and things that we haven't... There might be, but I was thinking that since it's the week before Christmas... Maybe it would be a good time to review some of the temptations we might all face well, over the next week that maybe we could get our game faces on about. Fancy that and potentiality. We could, <laughs> we could try to overcome these things with a plum. <laughs> Do you really say it that way instead of a plum? <laughs> I had an interesting diphthong in there, I think. Yeah, I thought, okay. I thought you did. Yeah, so... <clears throat> You go first. What do you think? <laughs> what are um, you going to fall into sin about this week, Rach? Uh, I think that there's all sorts of ways that this could go wrong. Yeah, I, what I would say is that, that it doesn't... That even things like Christmas, which are so heavy on tradition... Um, like, that that's a big part of what we're doing is building tradition, enjoying tradition, mm-hmm. introducing our children to tradition... That you have to be really aware that 
your kids are actually growing older every year and things will be different yep. than you than could have been wonderful before. And for me, one of those things is that, and this is a really, really sweet transition and I don't want to be the slowest to adapt to yes, it, exactly. which is that my children love shopping for each other. Now. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that is not something I used to have to make large allowances of my time for to yep. take them shopping for each other. Yep. And when they don't make decisions quickly and they're like, I'll think on it. And you're yeah. like, you won't think on it <laughs> Act now. Or, you know, because yep. I'm thinking that I need to get done with this so I can do Christmas the way I used you, the way I think of me needing to do yep. it. And the reality is that my role is different as a mm-hmm. friend mother to them as closer to yeah. adults yeah. wanting to do their own shopping and yeah. caring about it. I need yeah. to be a better facilitator of what other people think yep. is important And to if do. there's a tradition that everybody has kind of outgrown, you, you don't want to not be on the it. one like forcing traditions on people because this, this is how we do, we do it. And I'm going to. Right. And you yeah. want it to be, um, yes, the traditions are there for the sake of the people, the people, not the people there for the sake of the traditions. So you kind of have to keep the cart and the horse sorted on that and one. It, and it's just actually, it's just interesting when it is really different every year when it's mm-hmm. like this, it's a Christmas comes to a different family every year and yep. you have to be ready to celebrate. And then in the, in, in the um, gift, in the whole gift category, there's the, um, tendency to be, what you were saying earlier to be all stingy and withholding things because you don't want to have to give or there's the possibility of getting all guilty because you didn't think that you were as thoughtful as you could have been in your dreams there's that one or I think there's a possibility of trying to throw money and gifts at someone that you have not been loving well Mm -hmm. as like the ideal Christian Christmas is an additional expression of joy in our savior that matches the rest of our life right. together. Right. It's not like, Oh, for this one stray moment, I'm going to act like I like you or mm-hmm. I care for you. Well, and then maybe not getting too caught up in your own expectations for how special this gift or oh. how special this gift will <laughs> or be how- to them. Or that everybody, when they open a gift, is going to look at you and say, you are so thoughtful. You are so amazing to do this, mother. How have you sacrificed all of your life? (laughs) So much as a mom, I think so much of what you do for your kids is give them the joy of something before they ever even imagine the work. Yep. And that it's not until they're an adult that they understand the work. But by that time they have such a good understanding of the joy that they are willing to do the work. Yes. You know, that they're, yes. that they're so aware of what a blessing it is mm-hmm. that they are delighted to play. A, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how I've joked that I keep reliving events as coming back to them as a different character. Yes. Not so much here as it was when we were actually at mom and dad's house. And it oh, was yeah. like in the same house for yeah. the, it's the 4th of July, but this year I came as a different character. Yeah, right. Um, but I think we're always doing that. Like, you're experiencing different roles as you get older. Yeah. And that your children will do that eventually. That They'll be like, right. wait, I'm the mom. What does the mom have to do yeah. for Christmas? Totally, yeah. And so even just, I think, the expectations for gifts, 
for your own gifts. And I mean, it just don't be a brat. Just get a grip. <laughs> don't be a brat about it when people give you a gift that you thought they didn't pay attention to you very much when they picked that out. Or yeah, you're looking at must, it and you're like, they must not have listened. Yeah, who do you think, yeah, I, who am? Do you think I am here? What do you think I'm yeah. even like? Yeah, and so like just. Yeah. Having yourself squared away there, but then I think all the prep part, the the temptation to get snipsy whipsy at everyone because you're stressed out about. Don't you know how important this is <laughs> that I'm making this so special for you? <laughs> it's your most special time of year. Yep. Yeah, yep. I do think that there are lots of moms who. Or in some way, it's like they're being needy, mm-hmm. and they're being needy and expressing it through their Christmas prep. Yeah. And so what they're wanting is for everyone to give them accolades, or they want everyone yes. to give them, oh, this is such a tender, special time, or they want to be reassured. They're wanting that, something, yeah. And so they're using all of these kind of contrived moments yeah. to try to force everyone to have a particular response to them or something. And so I would just like your family will feel that and they won't love that. <laughs> it's not the it way to get bless. them. Yeah. The way to get them to say you are such a wonderful mom is not by basically queuing them up Shocker. and handing it to them where the only right response is for them to say, you are such a wonderful mom. That's not going to work. And then even if they do, you'll know that it was because you forced them into it and the whole thing will be a mess. So I should say, I think I've probably said this before, but I still think it's one of my better, one of my better things. Oh, well do. It was an instant, it was an instant tradition. You know, sometimes when you do something and it just immediately. (laughs) I thought you were going to tell us something that you said once that was one of of your better things you said. No, no, no. I was going to say that. (laughs) That's not what so I was... So I was like, no. well, do tell. So Boxing Day. <laughs> now I wish I could think of something horrific that I once said, just so I could tell you. The one that I will always remember as being horrific mothering that uh, I didn't actually say it. I heard myself about to say it in, in anticipation of that cut it off at the knees. <laughs> but I definitely almost told my toddler girls that they could never have <laughs> curtains again. <laughs> I saw somebody posted about this on Facebook lately and uh, did they tag you or something? Probably. Because it was a similar situation. Yeah, it's just so funny because you're like, either you can't touch these curtains, but of course their bunk bed ladder was right beside the curtain rod. Right. It's very difficult to not, yeah. you know, tie your kitty cat backpack onto right. the curtain rod. Right. Whatever it was that they did, they ripped off the whole curtain rod. <laughs> <laughs> But my response, that's it. You'll never be allowed to have curtains again. (laughs) The Lord has looked upon you and found you unfit for curtains. (laughs) So stupid. And aren't you just really glad that God doesn't treat us that way? Like when you snip at your children and God's like, that's it. You'll never be allowed to have children again. Like that you, you were rude at dinner. No more food for you. (laughs) So true. No forgiveness in this world. You have disqualified yourself forever. Yeah. Yeah, It was terrible. 
So no, it was not about that. Okay, I was going anyway, to say go this ahead. is just a fun suggestion that because because we'll be hosting Christmas dinner, so Christmas it's pretty set in the menu, I guess. We have a we do the what do we do? <laughs> prime rib. I was going to say yeah, we do okay. prime rib and the scallop potatoes, the and right. Some other kind of veg and something in the Bushtonwell. You know, like we have a fairly okay. kind of locked into yeah, a pretty sure. mm-hmm. traditional time yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. Um, but the day after Christmas is a hard come down. <laughs> Christmas Day yeah. is obviously fun from mm-hmm. dawn until, well, yeah. Lord willing, it's fun that yes. whole time. Yes. But then the day after can really be a dwindle. A dwindle of like nobody thought of this day. What what do you want to eat? I mean, there's no food here that's not the carnage of yesterday. Yeah, right. So I uh, last year I bought a bunch of Cornish game hens, which are so easy because mm, yeah. they can just be in the freezer. Yeah. And when I was cleaning up from Christmas, I pulled out, you know, just thawed those, and mm-hmm. I bought in advance some big gold paper plates like big fun smart fun paper plates and for and I had um and I bought those tiny potatoes so it's like a it's like a dinner that takes zero preparation in terms of you can have the potatoes in your pantry for a whole week no problem I had extra salad greens so I think I maybe no I didn't make a vinaigrette because the but I cooked the game hens and the potatoes just all on one sheet Mm -hmm. and I did the I glazed the game hens in um in it was like marmalade and orange juice thinned you know like and just glazed them so they were very cute Mm -hmm. and had that kind of citrusy thing going in the pan juices and so then we just put them on a bed of lettuce on every gold big gold plate and it had this very festive yeah. Like it felt like a party without actually being a heavy dinner. It yeah. was just like yeah. just like eating a chicken. Yeah. Pretty low key. Um and it was just a really fun kind of like it wasn't fancy, it's but it's very but it felt festive. Fancy it to the feels kids. festive like we're having and a good normal. time still. Yeah. Yeah, totally normal. Um, and so we do, I, we're going to do that again. And I think I actually, now that I'm remembering it, I made preserved, I had preserved lemons. So I threw preserved lemons in all the cabinets. They were oh, yeah, very yummy. Whatever herbs I had yeah, left over, I stuffed really in there. Good. But it was like, I put it in the oven while I was cleaning up. Yep. And it was, you know what it felt like actually to me? And I think this is why I thought, note to self, do that again, mm-hmm. is that. It felt like mom was not crashing after the party. It felt yes. like it felt like mom was still rejoicing to yeah. have you all here, even though we have ten million Lego bags underfoot, <laughs> yeah. you know, or whatever, yeah. whatever it was that was happening. It was not about the mess. It was about still celebrating yeah. with people. So That's I recommend that like one that. as a easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, that's super fun. And it reminds me to make preserved lemons real fast. <laughs> Which you can do. Have you done preserved lemons no, before? You can do them, you pack them in salt, essentially. It's like salt in salt and lemon juice. Like if mm-hmm. you wedge lemons okay. and pack them in coarse salt. Yeah. And then squeeze some lemon juice over it and then it smells incredible. I bet. It smells so good. But you keep it in your fridge for like forever. But I don't have time to, the fast version is put it in a Ziploc covered with salt yeah. and put them in the freezer 
and then thaw it. And when they freeze wow, solid okay. in the salt and then thaw. Interesting. And the rind is so good and bright. It's really good with roast stuff. It's that good. sounds really you, nice. Although you should rinse them off because they're very salty. So before you use it, rinse right. it off. Okay. But it was good in the game hens because then you had something to like squeeze over the mm-hmm. game hen and mm-hmm. on the salad. Mm-hmm. It kind of got... That sounds great. I like this idea a lot. I have to still figure out the Christmas breakfast because that's kind of new yeah. in the last few years that we used to always go over to mom's Christmas you, but day But you always a did a coffee cake. I We would always do our own Christmas morning. There's a coffee cake I always make for during the opening of the presents and we do coffee and coffee cake and we have that while we open stuff. But then we would go late morning, we would go over to mom and dad's with the whole family and we would do all the presents there. And there was a traditional Christmas brunch we would always have. And then later was Christmas dinner. But now we're doing that on Christmas Eve. So I am, I'm still, I, I feel like this is really fun. I need to figure out what I'm doing for a Christmas brunch. Are you um, going to do something other than your coffee cake? Yeah, I mean, that's like, like your, I that mean, are you still gonna do the coffee cake? I'll do the coffee cake in the in the early morning. You know, it's like still kind of dark. Oh, out. so you're gonna come back around coffee. and do brunch and then we'll after do a later cake. morning something because Ooh. you know you got to give people a food before whatever time we do Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner is quite late. Historically, we haven't designated a time for it yet, but it's usually five or six. Probably. Yeah, exactly. So that, but the I do Danishes for breakfast. But then for lunch, I try to just have stuff on hand to put. I put it all out on a tray, like little tomatoes and mm-hmm. olives and salami and crackers and just yeah. that kind of thing for whenever yeah. you're hungry. But you're right. I, did, I think we're going to do, do a sit-down something, but I'm not really sure yet. I'm not going to do that, but that's because we're do. doing the dinner, so I don't yeah. think I want right. to keep it pounded yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So, anyways, now we've gotten into our own family planning. Logistics, guys. Of logistics. Holidays here, but oh, oh, I should tell you one funny Advent thing that we have done. If you have lots of random treats that okay. come your way, yeah, I'm which ready. you probably do as a teacher, do you get random yes, treats? Yes, I do. I have some in my backpack right now. So one, <laughs> one funny tradition we've done to tidy those up is to make a an Advent blast milkshake where you what. Yeah, where you make a, we just make like a vanilla milkshake, but then you actually like crunch up Christmas cookies in it. And stuff. It's hilarious, but the kids think it's hilariously oh, epic. That's really funny. So, and and I have to be clear that when we ever first did that, we had a the spectrum of what we had on hand was Made workable sense. with yeah. that. It was like the odds and ends of funny cookies or things, yeah. and and it was very cheerfully wild. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. We didn't blend them. We crunched them into <laughs> Like a it. cookies and cream idea. Yeah, but with, mm-hmm. with assortments of Christmas cookies. So, last week, um, Knox, our oldest, was going to do a Christmas dinner for his class. So, they came over. A bunch of them came over for dinner. And he wanted to do, harking back to his childhood in England, Goose. And mince pies. So I did the goose dinner. Like, I did a full Christmas dinner, I feel like, already once, which was last week. Yeah. But we had to buy two geese. And I don't think people got all that much goose off of it. Because it was, like, 
two geese to feed a good lot of people. Yeah, and you probably would have needed but, like seven geese for a <laughs> I know, but geese are not cheap, so I wasn't... Six geese a land. I was not going to get more than two geese, but... um, So, I cooked them, and I hadn't done it since we lived in England. I had to special order the things, and... and uh, and when I did it years ago, I did the Nigella Lawson sort of, here's mm-hmm. how you do it. And it would involved all sorts of fiddledy-dee things, like poking it with skewers I up, and pouring I boiling a, water and I hanging it in the window. I looked up my goose recipe from yeah. Christmas 101 when I, after I talked to you because I was like, this might be helpful. But it was very clear that it has to be completely cooked the day before or something. Oh, yeah, and then. So chill. That wasn't going to happen. It was like, well, but too late now. this time I just did a more simplistic approach. I didn't, I didn't hang it in an open window overnight. I did though cook these two things and they came out and <laughs> one of them suddenly did a leg lift after, <laughs> after it came out of the oven. It just sprunged its leg right up there and <laughs> It looked so. It looked so bad on the platter because it's like you got the garnishes. You know, you had like sage and orange slices. It's a little flipping. It it just really was like striking a pose. It wasn't. It was. It was high. It was more than forty-five degrees up. Here's our goose who's doing some extremes. I'm blessed. I am blessed that your goose was so (laughs) ill-mannered. I know. Only one of them. And it was only one leg. It just, like, just swung it up I feel like, wait. Okay, we have enough time. I did remember a question that was asked that I think is a good one. And in light of what we had kind of said today about prepare yourself for the the Christmas onslaught. Yep. This is a question that was like how we are often talking about get a grip on your emotions or or not to be bossed around by your emotions. Yeah. And that your emotions are um, genuine. No, that's a real generalization. But I was going to say oftentimes our, our unruly motion, uh, emotions are typically wrong. Right? You know, like... The ones that are inspiring action in you in the wrong <laughs> direction are not sure. typically real clear-sighted, clear-thinking. Sure. You know, it's generally the ones you should be the master of. But somebody was asking about what if you grew up in a home where emotions were so not valued at all. Like where uh, you actually are coming. stoic. Yeah, like where you're actually coming from the direction of... Of kind of being indifferent to all of life, kind of like sure. not like, and it was just kind of like, can you imagine? But I think the thing is, it's not about not having emotions; it's about governing your emotions. So well, training them and and knowing when to tell them to shut up and when it's actually just great. Right. When I posted that thing on Instagram that cheesed so many people off about uh, be Which the kind one? of woman who. Uh, can oh, I tell her that. emotions yes. to shut up and salute Jesus. Yeah. I wasn't saying who always tells all her emotions yeah. to shut up. No. A lot of your emotions are godly and good. Like I think the God was... gives us love of our new babies. You know, he gives us and, and the, to shut that kind of emotion down would be evil. Yeah. Whereas 
the point is you want to know you have the capacity to engage in battle with your own emotions. Like sometimes you need to, but it's sort of just like anything else where I feel like your emotions are not untouched by the fall. Yes. Your emotions are just like your thoughts and actions and words and desires and appetites. All of those things have been affected by the fall. So you have to be able to say no to yourself in many regards. Like if you're sitting there with a complaining spirit going over and over and over, you know, whatever your husband said this morning that made you mad, that's something where you should you know, like those are thoughts that you should be able to say no to. And maybe you're just crying and crying and crying and crying and won't stop because you just feel sad. Well, you need to be able to tell yourself to stop. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're being silly and can't get a grip on it. Like you need to be able to tell yourself to stop. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just the same as anything else. I was going to say there's no, in the Christian life, emotions are a great companion to a lot of things. So, and they're oftentimes companions to obedience that when you obey, mm-hmm. there is this emotional support in yeah. a way. But it's a companion like just like having a dog in the car could be a pleasant companion, but you don't turn the leadership of the car over to a dog. You're like things these things can come along with us. And I always remember dad giving that illustration that like Emotions are great, but they are not the foundation of a marriage. And this would be one of the reasons why um, I would I would think, I assume you agree with me, Becca, but that a lot of the time when people write their own wedding vows, they just write a discussion of their own emotions. They don't write the actual, actual solid vow. truth of a <laughs> yeah. vow where you're saying like yeah. that... Um, I will be faithful I, to I, you. Yes, like, and before God and these witnesses, I vow yep. that I will be faithful to you until death do us part. And until, like, and yeah. through whatever trials we will face together, instead of, instead yeah. of it being like, you complete me, you've <laughs> always made me feel happy when I'm, and it's like, because if you make a vow based on how you feel, yep. then it's just a, you're... As soon as the feelings are gone, right. where did the vow go? Yep. Right? So the whole the whole concept is to not um, just put your feelings in a weird... I was going to say this totally reminded me. Someone sent me just what I felt like might have been the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> I think um, while you're looking for that, I do think that we have this um, idea as moderns that our emotions are our authentic, our most authentic feelings. There's a reason we think that. And it's us. And that you can't deny that. Because we think of an emotion as being a, um, bulletin from sort of the holy of holies, which is the true self. We think that, and that, so we end up trying to discern the, um, like discern well why did I feel that way what does it mean that I felt that way and like how can I you know this this sort of um, funny uh, you know like kind of like let's analyze this as though it's like a signal that you're deficient in a specific mineral instead of like or or as if it's an utterance from the oracle at Delphi and now mm-hmm. we just have to figure out what it means. Okay, I found it. This is the most epic evildoer on <laughs> on Instagram. All right. 
I'm ready. The voice within is what I'm married to. Ah! All marriage is a metaphor for that marriage. Woohoo! <laughs> like, oh! Forget Christ in the church. Metaphor of marriage is me marrying me. I love that. Woo-wah. When I make a commitment, it's to my own truth, and there's no higher or lower. Will you have this man to be your husband? I will, and I may change my mind. That's as good as it gets. I'm married. <laughs> what? I'm married only to God. Reality. That's where my commitment is. It can't be to a particular person, and my husband wouldn't want it any other way. Is that a is that a Christian thing? I think it is. Whoa! Hot Does dog. that blow your mind as much as it blew mine? Wow! Because the thing that the thing that kills me, if it is a Christian, it is a Christian who is ill versed in Scripture. <laughs> because there's quite a few times where it's like a direct reference to Scripture. Because saying all metaphor, all marriage is a metaphor for yeah. that marriage. Yeah, is like clearly saying it's yeah. all a picture of Christ in the church. Yeah, no, no. It's the voice within Goodness is what I'm married gracious. to. And then to say my own truth and there's no higher or like, whoa. Well, here's the thing though. And I, I feel like this is, I'm sure I've said this before, but it's relevant. So why not say it again? Speak again. I think that your emotions are sometimes perfectly not just lawful, but necessary right depends well, on the emotion give you a, depends on the situation yeah, depends 100%. on everything but there are other times where i think our emotions are such a beacon that draws us into the worst behavior which is actually almost completely geared to get us the opposite result from what we want. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier about expectations at Christmas. I think we have this unique ability as humans to whatever it is that we're, we most are most desperate for, whether it's love from our husband or affirmation from our kids or attention from our dad or whatever it is, when we set about trying to get it, we inevitably push it away Mm-hmm. by our behavior. So if you picture like well, a really, really needy little girl who really needs attention and love from her dad, obnoxious. she becomes obnoxious yeah. and basically by her trying to grab the thing she most wants drives Destroys that it. thing away. Totally. A, it, a man, thus is true of family time. Yeah. yeah. And so like a, a dad, for instance, who's desperate for respect. And so he blusters and demands respect from everyone. It's a piece of chocolate if you want it, but it's Gemma's. I don't Um, want it. So, if he blusters and demands respect, the one thing he's not going to get is respect. respect. A wife who cries and is needy and demanding and don't you love me and why don't you ever say you love me? Like, the one thing she's not going to get is a real genuine outpouring of No, she gets like a weird guilt offering to try to get you to shut up. And I think often when our emotions are driving us... They're driving us into that trap. They're driving us into the opposite direction from where it's, we yeah. should get. We could get what we actually need, right? Or what and we so want. You need to be able to see that that emotion is going to lead me down a path of no fulfillment. Like if I well, want, okay. And in marriages, a really common cycle is to not actually know about what steady faithfulness, what the fruit of steady faithfulness 
actually looks like in a marriage. Many people are so unfamiliar with that. So their one idea of how to be close is to have a big fight. And then come around afterwards and say, I didn't mean that. You're actually really a great husband and I love you and I would choose you again. But instead, whenever they feel the need to be close, they start hurling unreasonable insults. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're like, literally the only way I can think of to get the fruit that I want is to cause a conflict that forces attention on this. Instead of the slow steady ongoing faithfulness of governing your own emotions and being faithful and prayerful and loving and just being um being a steadfast kind of a christian is not all the flash and bang and outrage and (laughs) like that's not what we should i just think it's kind of like you know the bereans who you know compared the teachings to the word of God to see if these things are so, you know? Yeah. And I feel like everything we should be holding up to scripture to say, is this a good idea? Not a good idea. And our emotions should be subject to scripture just as much as any other part of us. And so you should say, all right, I'm feeling really angry and sad right now. Now, does that mean it's just, it's just, Authentic, we have to be angry and that's and what now. it is, and there's no way to stop it. Or should I, you hold it up to scripture and say, "Ought I to be angry and sad?" Mm-hmm. No, that means I should pray and repent and ask God to help me to change. You yeah, know, or like, yeah. maybe you hold it up to scripture and it's like I should be angry and sad. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what I mean? It's not like um, it's not like there's a one size fits all same answer every single time, but it should be subject to scripture. Amen. And and where it isn't, fight it out before God. Like where where you feel like I'm feeling this way and it does not make like this doesn't make sense or it's not right or I know I should be thankful but instead I'm just being a fuzzer. Mm-hmm. Like take like discuss that with the Lord in prayer because the thing about taking it to God is that it's submitting it to him. It is the act of when I said tell your emotions to shut up and salute Jesus. Well, sometimes it's the whole battle of trying to wrestle them down in front of him. You know, like, please, Lord. You know. And doing it in front of him is really the only way you're going to win. So. Well, yes, because yeah, absolutely. And and it's pretty. It's really pretty. uh, It's just a thing that as Christians... We want to always, like, act. When you know you're in sin in some way, act on that right now. Don't, like, decide to let it smolder all day. And then, and because especially if you're in families around other people, that sinful attitude will be starting other fires in other yeah. places. And, and the holidays, you know, like, um, the seasons here are, can be really windy. And in the um, dead hots of summer... There, it's like, do not have a campfire anywhere because if it's super hot and then it gets windy, those little embers that have been sitting around, like they can just kick up a big wildfire out of nowhere. And I think that the holidays are sort of the windy seasons where don't let little things smolder that can get kicked up by by like this, all this activity and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff, like Mm -hmm. really focus on walking in the spirit and And I would just you know make sure you have a your garden hose ready to squirt it out (laughs) when it happens 
<laughs> sometimes I actually recently found I thought it was pretty funny. I've said this before, but back when my kids were all really, when the oldest four were really little, I was so physically, emotionally, mentally frazzled by the end of the day all the time that if Luke was going to be, you know, six and a half minutes late getting home. I could cry. I mean, I was like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to live. I, I mean, I'm dead already. So yeah. it was horrible. But it was the kind of emotional problem that, that does feel like you're getting mugged in an alley. Yeah. You know, it was not sort of like, ah, oh, I see a challenge coming. How shall I greet that? It was yeah. more like I. it was very difficult. And I think it's interesting. You can go through different phases where... For whatever reason, the intensity of the thing that you're facing increases quite a lot. So instead of it being like, I feel tempted to fall into envy. Let's <laughs> correct that now. It's more like all of a sudden you're in a yeah. big, ah, you know. And I realized an extra layer is the layer of being offended by the fact of the struggle at all. Yeah. And by feeling like I should be above yeah, I, I should be, should be above than this. this. Yeah. I should be better, which is, of course, what Lewis talks about as being the great um, sneaky way, you know, that the enemy yeah. tells us, appeals to our pride by saying, you're better than having yeah. this kind of a problem. And yeah. I think that that is, that no matter how well you have learned through the years to control your emotions, it's not your prowess, it's Christ in you. And there's no... Like, as much as we have to rely on him for the victory whenever we have a problem, sometimes we need to be humbled by having a problem that's beyond us yeah. <laughs> to yeah. recognize that I actually don't have what this takes. Yep. I actually need a savior. And this is yep. this is the Christian life. Yep. But good news, guys. It's Christmas. And that's what we're celebrating is that we have a savior. Exactly. So it turns out. It we all works have out in the what end. It takes to you battle actually temptation, have guys. what it takes to like because Jesus to came. Overcome temptation. You can be fun <laughs> in a stressful season <laughs> and repent of your dumb, stupid, bad attitudes that we all know we're all gonna have at some point, <laughs> and repent of that and get it right so we can celebrate Him more. And just model fully. it to your kids this season. Show and them have what a it looks super like. Merry Christmas, where people all over your town will be thinking, what kind of a God do they worship that their life yep. is so sweet and so full of fun and hilarity? So Merry Christmas, all guys. Right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.